So you are a supporter of Canvey Island, if I'm correct. That's correct, yeah. So how long have you been supporting them for? Um, it's got to have been around, I'd say, coming up to five years now since I started going over to watch Canvey. And has that always been your team or is it just your local team or did you gain from an interest somewhere else? Um, well, I mean, they're my local team now. Um, obviously, back when I was younger, um, I grew up in, like a lot of people on Canvey, uh, grew up in the east end of London. Um, so they've got roots tracing back there. Obviously, being from that sort of area, you've got a natural affinity towards a team like West Ham United. And I was season ticket holder there for, uh, I don't know, a couple of seasons when I was a teenager until I was a bit priced out of it, really. Um, but around the time I was about, uh, I moved down to Canby Island. Uh, we were a bit close to the family out here. Uh, and obviously, I knew a little bit about the, the team here, only sort of odds and other uh, pieces about them and the other team up the road, Concord Rangers. Um, but I never really had a sort of major interest to go over and watch until I kind of found myself at sort of an impasse where I was, I was sort of falling out of love and watch football. Um, obviously getting back and forth to London became a bit harder and with West Ham Stadium move as well, it kind of left a lot of people disillusioned. But obviously a friend of mine came down from London one day and we'd always sort of just pass by where Canby Stadium was, just going out on a walk. And he just uh, suggested to me, oh, maybe you should go and watch a game. So we did it. And to be perfectly honest, uh, after a couple of games watching them, that's what got me hooked on it, really. It just kind of uh, reignited my, my love for the game, watching watching a team at Canby's level. Yeah, I mean, I heard of Canby Island recently, but... Only recently, though, I've never heard of them in the last few years. But yeah, of course. Based on, uh, the account says online at Stortford Slips. Could you explain a bit more about that, please? <laughs> uh, basically, it's, it's just a sort of a poll we've done just for a bit of fun. Because um, I run that account on there. Um, it was sort of spawned as a uh, supporters group idea. Um, but obviously, yeah, the reason it's got that little tagline in it at the moment is because where with the current coronavirus restrictions, really the only football accessible to people at the moment is purely at a grassroots level. Um, we know a couple of characters in the game, like in the Essex sort of non-league game. Like everyone is sort of in one way, sort of connected here, sort of a bit of a six degrees separation. So there was a gentleman um, who manages a team at Bishop Stortford, uh, Bishop Stortford Swifts, uh, called Billy Cove. Uh, quite a popular character in the Essex non-league scene. Um, and we ran a little poll just as a laugh, just were saying, oh, you, you guys should come over and give us a bit of active support or something. Um, and they ended up winning out. So for the last couple of weeks, just a little handful of uh, us who go over Canvey have been watching some games in the Essex Olympian League, which is around like sort of step seven of non-league football. Uh, yeah, just uh, just generally back in a team with a uh, a few people we know in it really, just to have a bit of football fixes and involving sitting watching Sky Sports really. Yeah, I get what you mean, and it's good that you've done that because obviously with 
COVID restrictions, hopefully not for much longer, you will be back at Canvey next season. But it's good that you've been to Stortford Swift and uh, supporting them. But as well yeah, as the I mean, Twitter been... account. Oh, sorry, on, mm-hmm. carry on, sorry. Carry on. Yeah, no, I was, I was just going to say, really, it's, uh, it's quite funny because obviously going over to Canvey sort of opened up my eyes to a lot of obviously the world of football below the football league. But obviously, like there's so many layers of it. It's uh, it's it's kind of crazy to keep up with the sort of comings and goings. And uh, where I've known a couple of people who sort of cover more of the grassroots game, they've been sort of been saying to me for a while, "Oh, you should you should come over and watch one of these games where I'm photographing or something like that." And until you know now, it's almost like a happy coincidence, really, that seeing as that's the only thing you can do, it's actually given me a chance to to go out to a couple of these sort of other quite well-run clubs, but obviously not on the sort of same scale as clubs that will compete in proper uh, nationwide competitions. Right. But mm-hmm. I was just going to say, so the Twitter account as well is called The Ultras. Yeah. An ultras group within the fan base of Canvey Island? Uh, I mean, we are and we aren't. Uh, the name was kind of spawned from... Um, Obviously, once I started going over there, um, there was a good little supporters sect over there. And I never really knew much about the history of the club at the time. Like, um, Obviously, when the club uh, was a bit more successful and competing in the conference under under our former owner, Jeff King, uh, there was quite a large supporter base at Canvey. But as, obviously, the uh, time went on, really, people drifted away. Um, I think that sort of support started to dwindle a little bit. And whereas I'd always been someone who's quite interested in sort of big football support, um, I quite like watching games uh, overseas now as well. And you see on the continent, you get uh, these quite good little supporters groups. And you've always sort of started to see that emerging the lower leagues of English football. So I thought, oh, we've got a good little supporters base here, a couple of younger people like myself. So why not just for a laugh we just start up a, start up a little supporters group and we just for kind of a laugh really just uh, called it Canby Ultras and the name since has stuck. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we are pretty much sort of home and away near enough every game. Uh, obviously, we get a bit of support, like songs and chants and whatnot going for the players. And to be honest, it's actually really sort of improved the atmosphere over there, really. Um, not just in terms of, obviously, yeah, it's something we can do, but I think sort of it's created quite a good bond between the players and the supporters, really. Uh, and just has only grown sort of stronger over time. And particularly um, in the last last year, obviously, we're dealing with things in the pandemic. We only got to play, well, not even half a season. But uh, we've people not having access for the last six months of last year to football at the top level. Um, quite a few neutrals drifting over to Canvey and I think that was something that sort of sparked their interest a little bit, that there was actually an active supporters group over there. So are Canvey like a well-supported club? Like, do they get a good crowd every home match and even maybe away matches? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say in our division, we're probably still one of the better supported sides in the league. Um, I mean, the sort of the division we play in, the Eastman uh, North Division, um, really, you can average, 
I think most clubs average gates of around, I don't know, sort of a. Uh, 150 200 but you will get some of the bigger clubs particularly on uh some of the bigger matches uh averaging crowds are around sometimes three four hundred and can be normally tend to get around uh, i'll say about sort of 250 300 for a lot of the bigger matches um i mean there have been i'd say times where the support was dwindling a little bit but it has started to pick up quite a bit as we kind of turn things around in the last couple of years. So hopefully it can only uh, keep increasing if we're able to get a full season in and start climbing, climbing divisions again. Yeah, but do does this group you, at least this Ultras group, go to mm-hmm. every match and away match for the whole season in a normal world? Uh, in a normal world, yeah, we try and make every game we can. Uh, I mean, obviously some people uh, have... Like other commitments can't make every weekend, but there will generally be like a quite sort of uh, well-rooted little supporters group who generally you'll either see a handful or quite a few faces uh, guaranteed every home and away game, really. Uh, obviously, there are longer trips uh, that people, you know, find hard to do, say, our longest trip in our division is Norfolk. Uh, so if it was on a Tuesday night, then maybe it's a bit harder for people to get out of work earlier. But generally, sort of for a Saturday kickoff, um, yeah, I mean, we can sort of average uh, a good group of around sort of 10, 20 of us, really. Uh, yeah, just have have fun with it, just uh, back in your local team. And does this count for like, tournament games as well, like FA Cup, FA Vars and such? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that support carries over into the competitions like that. I mean, we were quite lucky, really, um, in terms of the FA Cup in particular. Uh, we uh, had a really good run uh, during the talent last year that actually got through to the second round proper. Obviously, from unfortunately, from the first round, uh, we couldn't have anyone spectating the games um, because, obviously, the coronavirus restrictions... But uh, we got a second round draw, funny enough, to uh, Boreham Wood at home. And, uh, you know, considering we were one round from the third round, there was still like keen interest. And a lot of people who had come over through for that fourth qualifying rounds sort of created a bit of an atmosphere. They were all, if you watch on back on the on the TV, like watching the highlights back, they're actually a whole sort of fence full of people just uh, all standing on ladders behind. Uh, the seawall end of the ground. Uh, yeah, just it actually generated a bit of an atmosphere. Uh, considering normally when you're on something like BT Sports at the moment, it's a sort of a studio generated atmosphere to try and make things sound like there's a crowd, but there was generally actually a good atmosphere at that game without anyone technically being in the stadium. I mean, it would have been a good atmosphere because Boreham would obviously National League. Premier, and they were playoff finalists uh, a couple of years ago. So of course, yeah. I can imagine for the fans of Canvey, a good atmosphere would have done the team good and obviously the supporters good because it, it was a big game at the end of the day. Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, you can kind of see, uh, particularly in our run-up to getting to the first round, um, I mean, the the year before we had made, I think it was the third qualifying round and 
we played uh, another local team here, Bowers and Pitsy. Uh, ended up having to take them to a replay at their place. Only end up going out on penalties in the end. But I mean, that game attracted around sort of five, six hundred people, to my knowledge. Um, but yeah, I mean, from the uh, sort of what we could see um, getting into the fourth qualifying round, there was a, a big interest for people wanting to come over and watch. And obviously, at the time, we could only limit the crowds to a maximum four hundred spectators. But we put it to online ticketing, which is you know saying at the club we never really have to do much. And it sold out within about an hour, I think. So there was a massive interest for it. So you can imagine those gates would have only only gotten bigger, really, particularly with the uh, obviously the second round. By the time we got to that, um, as you say, Boreham Woods, big National League side at home. So not only would we have had a big gate, they would have brought a good contingent. And that night was also the draw for the third round proper. And I know, obviously, in the end, that... Uh, Obviously, the draw was made and we would have potentially had Millwall at home. Obviously, Boreham would, uh, were a better team on the night and got through, got their draw against Millwall. But yeah, that would have certainly been um, a good prospect for a lot of people on the island, really. I mean, I can imagine the atmosphere being twice or three times as big as it was with Boreham Wood. You got through because obviously Millwall Championship Club and certainly, yeah, uh, famous famous club round London, famous club, uh, in England, and it would be good. It would have been good if Canvey played them, and like, like I'm saying, the atmosphere would have been uh, over the over the roof. Yeah, I mean, it would have been quite um, funny, really, because I mean, I know a few uh, Millwall supporters, and obviously being uh, sort of traditionally West Ham myself. And obviously, a lot of people around Essex as well, being either traditionally West Ham or Tottenham, uh, it would have almost been yeah, like a strange West Ham Millwall proxy match, really, uh, if it actually happened. But just still, in terms of uh, yeah, sort of having football league sides down at our ground, I mean, it's something that we haven't had for oh, the best part of. So I think the last time we got through to about the sort of first or second round of the FA Cup was around two thousand and. I think 2004, um, under the sort of era we were in the conference. Um, and even as an Isthmian League club as well, in the late 90s, we managed to uh, get Brighton, Port Vale, uh, Northampton come down to Park Lane. So those sort of crowds, when you look back on the uh, on the footage, it was just, a, yeah, just barely spaced to move. It was a sellout. So I can imagine it would have been very similar, very similar yeah. for a night like that. Yeah, but but who are the biggest team to come to Canvey in terms of like league places and club size? Uh, oh, that's a good question, actually. Um, I mean, I would have thought that the... Uh, I mean, the biggest side right now in terms of a name that's in the Premier League, obviously, would be Brighton and Hove Albion. Obviously, when we played them, they were, I believe, either in League 1 or League 2, one of the two. Um, but yeah, obviously they are quite a big name, and um, we've also played uh, Southend United at home in the FA Cup as well. Uh, I think that sort of still stands as Canby's uh, record crowd. I mean, in terms of the highest rank opposition we played, we managed to get through to the third round proper. Um, in well, it's our best FA Cup run getting to that stage, and we played uh, 
Burnley at Turf Moor. Um, obviously went out uh, in that round, but yeah, that would stand. I think at the time they were, I don't know whether they were either League One or uh, Championship at the time. So that would stand as the biggest uh, sort of team we've we've played in our history, really. Yeah, I mean, Southend, I can get why it was a record because it's an Essex derby and Canvey's not far from Southend location anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's literally just right up the road, really. I mean, when sort of uh, we were coming about as sort of a, a bit of a force in the in Essex football, uh, it used to be sort of a a sort of trifactor, really, of uh, obviously Southend and the Football League, and then the two biggest non-league clubs in the area were uh, Canby Islands and Grays Athletic, who were themselves like very close uh, to touching the Football League, really. But obviously, it's a bit different these days. But yeah, there was always a uh, well, it's a bit of a rivalry, really, between Canby and Southend, seeing as they were almost sort of separated just by a sort of hair's length, not only in distance, but league positioning as well. Yeah, but have they ever played Colchester at all? Because they're the other big... If you, if That's the way you can put it. I mean, the big clubs are yeah. technically Colchester and Southend. But have they ever played Colchester before, if you know? Um, we definitely have played them before, yeah. I don't think we've hosted them at uh, at home. Um, but we did actually beat them in the, I think it was the 2012 final of the uh, Essex Senior Cup. Um, actually, I don't know, it may have been earlier than that. A good, good point of reference probably be our, uh, our head social media guy, a bit of a statistician with all this. But um, yeah, we, we played Colchester United and... Uh, beat them to lift the Essex Senior Cup as well. Yeah, I mean, the other Essex club I can think of as well. Uh, was that Braintree you said? Sorry, the cut yeah. a little bit there. Yes, Braintree. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we played, yeah, we were in the same division as uh, Braintree quite a few times before, really. Um, so, yeah, we've had a few battles with them in the past, really. I mean, uh, there are a couple of sort of um, decent level uh, Essex clubs now. Um, obviously, another chief one until sort of recently with uh, quite a lot of money behind them was uh, Billericay Town. And they've uh, been quite a sort of long standing rival of Candies as well. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think there is anyone in the in the county really in terms of sort of big or little we haven't played. I suppose it's just a, a matter of how often we played them, really. Yeah. But. With, well, it can be though. Uh, do you think they're mm-hmm. important to like the Essex community? Because obviously, the ultras are another unique part because they bring atmosphere to the club. Part of football in Essex. Yeah, I mean, um, as, obviously, as far as it having uh, importance to the sort of wider community, obviously, maybe uh, in terms of can be Island Football Club itself. It's still an important part of the the area, really. I mean, we're only sort of a sort of small uh, sort of suburban area, really, just uh, I say, not too far from South End. But there is always a sort of a keen interest here in, um, obviously, not only ourselves but the other club here, Concord Rangers. Um, obviously, the, the local people we always want to see them do well. Um, in terms of like having a 
sort of active supporters base. Um, I think it has generally got us a little bit more sort of recognised with uh, people from other clubs, really. I mean, there there tends to actually be, particularly in like the last couple of years, there seems to have been a bit of a resurgence of people who have kind of uh, taken up non-league football and sort of gone out and watched that week in, week out, really, as opposed to um, as opposed to watching the big Premiership games. Uh, obviously, you have uh, us, I think, uh, amongst sort of other teams with a bit of vocal support, really, in the division. I think you sort of have uh, quite a good supporters base at Haybridge Swifts, so Haybridge Italian, sort of more north of the county. Uh, places like uh, Basildon Town, also in our in our uh, in our division, Bowers and Pitsy have got themselves a little bit of a more supporters base now as well. So. It's, it's sort of something that's seen a bit of a resurgence, really, after, I guess, what was kind of the sort of more glory days of the uh, early 2000s, where you did have quite a sort of keen interest in a lot of the sort of local sides. I say that sort of dwindled, but it's slowly coming back for a lot of younger people now. I think as they kind of fall out of love with, um, obviously, things going on in the in the Premier League at the moment, really. Yeah. Did you say that they compete in the Isthmian North or the Isthmian South? Uh, it's the Isthmian North we're in. Essentially, like the North is basically everything north of the river, and the South is everything in the South. So, the Isthmian League itself uh, sort of composes everything down from about, I think, as far as Norfolk to the South Coast, like a sort of Bognor Regis uh, and into Kent, the Margate, that sort of thing, really. Yeah, because I thought, I thought because. Canvey's down in Essex and Essex mm-hmm. is down in London, which is down south. I mean, where I live in Sheffield, it's drive right, down there. there. So and I just thought, thought why yeah. all the way down south, but obviously you've just explained a bit more. Yeah, I mean, the general makeup of the uh, Isthmian North Division, which, I mean, you've always got the as far as the non-league sort of standings go, I think at step three is the Isthmian Premier, which obviously would encompass everything in that general area. And then with our division being like step four, uh, the Isthmian North, I think, is mostly comprised of clubs from uh, Essex. Uh, but we obviously do have a few from across the, the county borders in uh, Suffolk and Norfolk as well. And I think we did have one or two clubs from Cambridgeshire away, but I think there's a restructure coming in that may well move them more into one of the more Midlands divisions soon. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if I actually heard any Cambridge clubs other than Cambridge United who have just been promoted to League One. People yeah, I mean... Well, uh, course, yeah, well, who've gone to the Championship. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are uh, quite a few little non-league clubs in the Cambridgeshire region, really. I mean, uh, obviously the, the sort of key one or two we've had in our division at the moment is... Uh, Cambridge City, who obviously, yeah, you'd say are the second team, really, of Cambridge. And um, Histon as well, who I think Histon is just a little borough just north of uh, the sort of main city of Cambridge. But, I mean, they, again, were another sort of side who had quite a good history, really. I think they managed to get, also as far as the uh, the conference, uh, obviously it's a national league now, and uh, had quite a famous uh, FA Cup victory over Leeds United as well, sort of. Again, that sort of uh, south-north link going there. Uh, so it must be hard sometimes travelling if you're down in Essex and all the north teams 
going up towards like well near Scotland sometimes. What's been the furthest journey you've been on on an away game? Uh, I mean, for me personally, I think the furthest I've probably been is either sort of going north up into the sort of Cambridgeshire area or uh, to the south coast, really, around sort of Bognor Regis way. I mean, since I've been following the club, obviously being in the Isthmian League now, we're in kind of more of a localised uh, setting, really. So I won't say localised, obviously in that sort of southeast corner of the country. Uh, so, you know, while there are some journeys that, you know, can take a sort of good hour or two, really, it's not uh, what I'd say is probably on the scale of clubs who play in like the Northern Premier League, possibly, who have to make maybe the trips from obviously Yorkshire up to placing Cambridge. But, I mean, um, obviously, let's say before, Canby were members of the uh, uh, football conference for a time. And I know if people... Um, who still watch the club now, really, who went up to places like Carlisle, uh, down to Exeter. So, yeah, sort of real hardcore uh, trips, really, for sort of Saturday afternoon. Uh, but, yeah, they... Um, yeah, it's obviously a little bit more enclosed now, but it's something we all still enjoy. I mean, I think part of the reason we're... We, uh, a lot of us supporters are hoping we go up, really, so we get a few of those longer away days again and uh, get some quite nice locations, particularly down in sort of Kent, Sussex, uh, which are always always worth a visit, just even if, even if you get tonks there, really. It uh, makes for a good day out. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I do think that if you get to, like, Premier Divisions, like, for example, the Isthmian Premier or the National League Premier, that's when you have more mm-hmm. hardcore trips because you, like, fans all over is can be a massive... I mean, seasons you've had, like... Obviously, like, last season, there was Torquay, which is, like, miles away. But yeah, certainly. With though, obviously, it's regional, but it's... Like up to an hour, which is about it. No, I mean not in the in the grand scheme of things. As you say, you get further up the divisions. Obviously, things become more nationalised, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, some real hardcore trips in that. Really, I mean, um, I think uh, one of the most sort of recent clubs uh, to be playing at least in the sort of uh, the national league or the national league south at the very least were uh, Truro. Which I think were, well, I think they still are actually the highest ranked club in Cornwall. So you can imagine, yeah, obviously, from so a team, too. yeah, yeah, sort of a team in the northwest of the country, really making a trip down there. It's a, yeah, hell of a journey. Yeah, I have heard about Truro in the past because they, I've saw them play in the FA Cup once, and obviously they're sort of like the pride of Cornwall down there because, as you said, they are the highest ranked team in the county they are yeah but yeah, all I mean, teams um... have I think all teams have like highest rank like for example like now Essex's will be Colchester with South Ends uh... yeah of course but what were you going to say sorry before like uh, carried on uh, oh no but I mean I was just going to say uh, yeah obviously 
you mentioned obviously watching Truro in the FA Cup. It's something uh, a few of my friends did as well, actually, when they, I think they managed to get second round tie at Charlton. So it was quite interesting seeing about, uh, about two, 3,000 uh, Truro supporters really coming up from Cornwall. It was, it was just quite funny. Um, obviously seeing them uh, all having absolute field day out there. I think there was even someone passing around like a little box of uh, a Cornish pasty said baked at home. So <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it's just a real, real good day out for them. But yeah, um, I mean, I've seen, I think and there was another side from uh, Cornwall, um, St. Austell, I think uh, they are. Um, I remember seeing them play, uh, I think it was Chertsey. Chertsey are a sort of town down in... I think it's Surrey, just sort of in the south, just southwest of uh, London, and they took quite a big support there uh, in the FA Vars a couple of seasons back. I think when they got to about it was a round of sixteen or the quarter final, but yeah, again, it was it was a sort of another sort of proud little group of supporters, really. Obviously, not only proud of the team, but proud of the county as well. Yeah, I think that's what normally about the fans because there's so many unique fans. I mean, fans who've been watching these clubs for years and obviously, as you said, with Truro, it's not every day you see fans passing pasties round in the stand. That's it, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, something I've certainly noticed um, since I've been watching non-league football. I mean, it's uh, it's actually been a real experience just watching the game at this level in general because... Obviously, when I obviously it was growing up, um, watching West Ham, obviously we were sort of either flip flop between the, the Premier League or the Championship. So uh, when you're kind of watching football at that level, that's kind of ends up being a be all and end all. And the sort of well below the football league uh, is kind of a uh, just a blank zone. Really, you don't really know much about it. Um, I mean, you'll see obviously people who will watch teams at the top week in week out just refer to them as like sort of park football or Sunday league but um, sort of as I've watched non-league football now uh, it's kind of given me a much bigger understanding of uh, the game in general really kind of had that spark for the game uh, I lost come back watching that and you you learn so many interesting little stories of uh, clubs who you know, uh, as I say, for the pride of their towns or have really interesting origin stories, ones that go on these fantastic runs in the FA Cup as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's a really, really cool, expansive world. I mean, I'd, I'd advise anyone to get into it, really. Yeah, I, like, when I started getting interested in football, I had no idea there was, like, life below the football league until later on in the years and the main thing that got me into non-league is when I was checking BBC Sport one time and it was the FA Cup first qualifying rounds and you have all the non-league clubs like trying to get into the actual tournament and I just saw all these clubs and I'm like wow there's there's loads and obviously I recognised some of Sheffield FC the oldest club and in my yeah uh, current town Bob City and then Hallam as well oldest ground that's why I think I've been blessed with non-league football because I've got the two most historic clubs 
in football and obviously non. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd say are quite a lot of the sort of yeah, very very old traditional clubs around the Sheffield area. Really, I mean, um, I think the uh, gentleman who recommended me to to you about coming on the podcast, um, he used to go over and watch Cammy, but I think he does actually live around the Sheffield area now and does watch Sheffield FC. Always speaks highly of him. But it's uh, yeah, 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 great to see after so such a long such a long history really the club like that still going and uh yeah i mean i've sort of went there uh quite an ambitious uh stadium plan recently come out for sheffield fc wasn't there yeah they're looking to move well they want to move back to the actual city because they're based in about side which is in derbyshire and they, they have, have their own non-league yeah. team they have i think is it afc drumfield or something like that but that that stadium that Sheffield FC currently play in is too big for Drumfield. And what right. Daniel was saying, current ground is going to be like housing if they manage to move out. And then they'll have like a 4,000 capacity stadium, their new one, which is very ambitious for a non-league side who, as Daniel has no. no intentions of going professional and is a very yeah, historical club. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing the article floating around, really. I thought, wow, that is, uh, as you say, well, yeah, that is the best word to define it, really. Very ambitious, but if it's something they can pull off, then power to them, you know? Yeah, that that won't be the case with Hallam, though, because Hallam... The guys from Sheffield FC also said is... They'll never move because their ground's that, that historical. And yeah, sure, of it's not. It's not. It's a way. It's a strange ground. It's a nice ground. I've been before to watch a game, but obviously the pitch is very weird because it's up. so like one side's up, you have to kick up. Then the second half, you're yeah, it's strange. But I guess that's what non-league's all about because you you won't get pitches like that in like. Your old Traffords, your Anfields, and places like that. No, certainly not. I mean, it's it's part of the charm in a way. I mean, you're saying about slope pitches. Uh, I mean, I know there's a couple of clubs in Essex, obviously, that uh, have uh, a sort of note noticeable slope um, at <laughs> one end of the grounds. So yeah, but it can, as you say, be part of the charm. Really, um, I think the players have got to adapt to. It's, uh, when they're looking to lay out their tactics for the game, uh, you know, like you say seventy something, you wouldn't see uh, uh, someone like United or Liverpool really, where everything's sort of inch perfect. It's uh, yeah, pretty unique characteristic, you know, for for better or worse. Yeah, what's Canvey's? Hoping to go oh, like, one day, if I'm dying. Yeah, hopefully that's third time lucky now. Yeah, uh, I don't know what happened, honestly, uh, with the connection. But it should join up to the last uh, part that we recorded because we got 35 minutes out of that and I can just add it to this whilst editing. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. But where I was before, I was asking you, what is Canvey Island's ground like? Because we're just discussing what Hallam's ground was like with the 
slow up, and that's kind of what non-league's all about. But what's Canvey's ground like? Uh, well, I mean, for the standard of football, um, I mean, I, I may even be a little bit biased in saying it, but Canvey generally do have a a quite uh, interesting little ground, a, a quite good ground for the standard. I mean, uh, a lot of that was laid out by um, the sort of work that was done under the uh, Jeff King era. Um, I mean, Jeff King, he was the uh, former owner of Canvey and um, obviously quite a uh, successful businessman on the island. Uh, and he managed to, I think he oversaw the management of the side as well and took us into the uh, conference. So our grounds, it did used to be obviously quite a sort of basic thing, really, um, with sort of no proper turnstiles, anything like that. But um, he, um, well, he's company anyway, oversaw the redevelopment of it in uh, around the mid-2000s, I believe. So uh, now it's it's actually a really good facility. I mean, I think the capacity is around, around sort of three or 4,000, um, but it's got... Uh, quite a large uh, terrace overlooking one end of the ground, which um, is, uh, yeah, one thing that always seems to point um, a lot of people in the direction of coming to watch us uh, sort of on a neutral ground hopping thing, because it's uh, it's sort of quite a massive one, really, for the level. Um, not only that as well, the, the drainage on the pitch is, is incredibly good. I mean, we're, we're quite lucky to have some really good ground staff at Canby too. But a lot of that, uh, again, was sort of work laid down in the Jeff King era. And there are times now, really, where um, most grass games or games on grass uh, will be called off in the local area, but Canby manages to go ahead somehow. Yeah, and that's good for non because non-league clubs tend to, uh, tend to have their matches cancelled and obviously waterlogged pitches, but that doesn't seem to be the case with Canby. No, I mean, it does seem to be very rare that we all get games called off now. I mean, the sort of most common cause I can think of over the last few years is the pitch freezing over. But, I mean, that affects everybody, really, I mean, unless you've got a state-of-the-art uh, 4G pitch now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> grass is always uh, susceptible to the weather, really, as nice as it is to still has a, have as a traditional touch. Yeah, just... The final question I'm going to ask you when we before we round this off, obviously we've had a good chat and some technical issues uh, along the way. <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, no is, problem. What do you think will happen with the club? Will they get better? Will we have like a downfall? Will they stay the same? Um, well, I mean, the sort of period we're in at the moment is, I'll say we're in a transitional period. We're probably coming to the end of that now. Um, we, as I say, were uh, around the sort of mid two thousands, around uh, in the uh, the conference. I had to drop out of that because of Jeff King leaving the club, um, which brought us down into the Isthmian leagues. And for most of the time, we've been in the Isthmian league. We were an Isthmian Premier side, but around five years ago, <laughs> ironically, since I started watching the club, we were relegated out of that division. So there's been a bit of a transitional period since then of a sort of change of management. And we've got um, a former uh, well-known South End player in Mark Bentley uh, as our manager now. And he seems to have sort of stabilised things at the club, really, brought in a really good side. 
Uh, I mean, it was just, yeah, just a shame we couldn't actually compete a full season uh, for the last two uh, because we did seem to have the nucleus of a really good side there. Uh, but obviously going forward into this season, I mean, our aim is the same as uh, the last five seasons we've been in the North Division, really, which get promoted and get back to where, uh, yeah, we can play some of the bigger teams in the Eastman League. once again <laughs> yeah we'll get uh, rounded off as you were saying in your message yeah but uh, just thanks for being on this podcast today it's been a massive pleasure listening oh, no to, listen to what you've had to say about being a non-league fan and also about Canvey Island and because I've never been to the club and I didn't know who they were until recently yeah, I mean, that's no problem at all. Thanks for having me on. It's it's been good to uh, share a couple of little little nuggets of uh, info about Canvey and non-league in general. Yeah, I mean, one day I will try and come down to Essex and see Canvey because ground hopping is an ambition of mine, especially in the non-league side. I mean, I'll ground hop anywhere, anywhere in England. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely recommend it. It's like a uh, I do quite a bit now, um, not only here but abroad as well. But one, ironically, one place I do have to tick off a, a bit more of is is the north. So I could even end up uh, uh, watching Sheffield FC soon. So you never know. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good for you to come because obviously the history of the club, and maybe so, in the but... next few years, if plans go well for the club, you could go to the new stadium. Yeah, with any luck. So, I mean, it would be nice, yeah, like you say, to get in a, a visit. Certainly on my hit list. Yeah, but thank you for being on today and uh, I wish you all the best and maybe I might see you at Canvey. Yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, I'd say thanks for having me on. No worries. Thank you for being here. See you later. Right, bye.